0: Listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene online at bethanynaz.org. Well, thank you, thank you. I think that's the first time Brooke has ever introduced me like that. So uh, good to see all of you here at Bethany First Nazarene Church here today. And uh, just in case you don't know much about me, I didn't just fall out of the sky. I live in Denver, Colorado. I live in Lakewood, Colorado, West Side, and uh, all the rest will be um, told you some other time, but uh, I have great admiration for all that you do at uh, BFC, and I've been here before. It's wonderful to be back, but my, what a transformation in your sanctuary. This is one more beautiful place and the lord is here so uh, i that's that's the best well it was a few years ago and uh, i had been invited to go to antalya turkey along with six or eight others from the us and there was a big nazarene gathering uh, to happen there in antalya now turkey is is not a christian country by far so uh, we were in a hotel and they're kind of sequestered away, and our rooms were there, The where we ate was there, the great big uh, meeting uh, facility was there, and we had 500 and some, I think, from uh, all around that part of the world. <clears throat> I preached several times and and then was involved in all the rest, and, and it's enough to wear you out without me trying to explain all of that. But finally, uh, it was time to uh, head for home. And I uh, got on the plane, I think, I think we went to Germany. I think then from there it was to Chicago, and then to Denver. And uh, I, I was one tired brother, and uh, it seemed like, if I'm remembering right, that it was an all-night flight, you know, across the Atlantic. There's not a whole lot to see when you look out the window, and it's night, and there's just water under you. And I I I was so, my brain was so dead, but I couldn't sleep. And so in my little briefcase, I always had my little testament. I pulled out my New Testament, and I had this question in the middle of the night somewhere over the North Atlantic. I wonder what Jesus said after the resurrection. Most all of my preaching, I think, is what Jesus said in his three to three and a half years of ministry and leading right on up to, uh, as we often would preach on the, the seven words of the cross and on and on. Well, what did Jesus say after the resurrection? So I... Looked at Matthew and uh, read that, and it's just—it's not very long from resurrection to the end of the of the gospel. And then I read Mark and Luke and John, and I got into John, and then it really came clearer to me as to what uh, was said over and over again. So I was in the Gospel of John. I was in chapter twenty. And now this is the evening of resurrection day. So, Jesus was resurrected that morning. We would call it Easter, of course. So, it wasn't a week later. It was that evening. The disciples had not yet seen him. All of the word was getting out because of those who had had seen the Lord in the garden and so on. But now, in the evening... Uh, the first day, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut. Other translations say the doors were locked. Where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side And that was the first time that the disciples saw the risen Christ. So Jesus said to them again, verse 21, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I will also send you. And he said this, and then on it goes. But Thomas, one of the twelve, was not there. And then later on, when they found Thomas, they said, We have seen the Lord. We have seen the Lord. Jesus is alive. We have seen the Lord. And Thomas said, <clears throat> "Unless I can see the nail prints in His hand, put my finger in those prints, put my hand in His side, I will not believe." That's a great way to start the the church. <laughs> That's a great way for a disciple to react. <clears throat> If I can't see it, I won't believe it. Well, I could preach on that for a little while. After eight days. Now we jump a week and a day. Now the disciples were again together in a room. And Thomas was with them. And Jesus came. The doors being shut, locked. Because they were still extremely afraid. But Jesus just arrived. And stood in the midst and said, peace to you. And then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. Come on, man. <laughs> this is, I'm alive. I'm Jesus. And Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. And on and on the story goes. I think you caught it three times. Jesus said, well, I'll just read it here. Peace be with you. Again, peace to you. And again, peace to you. Well, I read that on that all-night flight. And my next question was, was that just a greeting like, hello, fellows, how are you doing? Or was he trying to communicate a huge truth? Well, I have come to believe Jesus was trying to communicate a gigantic truth. Peace to you. Three times. Peace to you. Peace to you. And then uh, I started to think about what Jesus had said before in what we call the, the uh, gospel of John over in chapter 14. And there when Jesus, now I'm jumping before the resurrection to pick up these words. There Jesus was speaking to all of those that, that had gathered. And in verse 27 he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We've all read that. We've quoted that, I'm I'm sure. Well, then we jump over to chapter 16 and right down to verse 33. Listen to this. Jesus now, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And in looking up that word tribulation, if we could translate that to 2022 USA, in the world you will have tribulation, trials, distress, frustration, but I've overcome all of that. And I will give you peace. Brothers and sisters. And young people in Bethany, Oklahoma today. I want you to hear me say. I thank God. That Jesus has promised he would give us power. And that he would give us love. And compassion. And joy. But I have come to believe in my lifetime of walking with Jesus, I have come to believe God's greatest gift to his children, other than being born again and receiving eternal life, other than being forgiven, his greatest gift is his gift of peace. He wants you and me living in peace. I don't need to spend any time in this message this morning trying to convince you there isn't much peace in this world. I mean, things are messed up. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I think the whole world's turned upside, or the country, but in, in, in many ways the world. And the stress level and the, dear Lord, have mercy and help us level. About everything, and if I'd get going down that line, it'll ruin church. So, Uh, and by the way, if you don't know of any problems, God bless you. (laughs) Tell me your address; I'm going to come and move in next door to you. Because that's not the way life goes these days. It seems like there's something, something trying to steal the peace from we Christians. But there Jesus said, after the resurrection, three times there, and then you can pick it up if you want to go back to picking the, the, the road to Emmaus. And uh, that was after the resurrection and all. And, and Jesus even said to them, peace to you, brothers, and so forth and so on. You know what has come to me? There still is a devil. And he wants to steal your peace. Every single one of us. The devil wants to steal your joy, of course, and anything else he can steal from you. But I want you to know today Jesus is greater than the devil, thank the Lord. We're not here to magnify the devil, we're here to magnify Christ. Thanks be unto God. And so, uh, Jesus brings peace. That wasn't just a greeting. He was saying, Now you follow me, I will give you peace in your soul. Well, I know this is extremely simplistic, but um, let's just go down this track for just a, a few minutes. When we bow somewhere and ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins, and we repent and say, I'm sorry, I've sinned against God, I've sinned against people, I've sinned against myself. Forgive me, Lord. And uh, the precious Lord Jesus comes uh, through the shedding of his blood and all of the miraculous work of God that happened on the cross. And our sins are forgiven, uh, and we can get up a born-again Christian. What do you feel after something like that? Ah, there's peace. The condemnation's gone. The guilt is gone. Amen? There's peace. Thank the Lord. Well, let's go on. When you bow before God somewhere and we nail selfish self to the cross, Jim Deal. That's me. (laughs) Jim Deal, even though I had given my life to the Lord as a high school kid, about 16 years of age, and I I was really, honestly, for sure, born again, forgiven, saved. I was trying to learn, now, where do you read in the Bible if you're going to be a Christian? (laughs) How do you pray? And this, this, and all, all of that. I was... I was trying to follow the Lord as a high school kid. But I also wanted to do what Jim Deal wanted to do. And I, I'm not making this up, but I urgently wanted to be a, a sports writer or a sports announcer. And, and, and it's not just a pipe dream. I already was the sports editor of the high school paper in Des Moines, Iowa, <laughs> North High School, the Oracle, oh, that... I'm sure that impressed you right there. I was the sports editor. I took the pictures and wrote the articles for the North High Oracle. I took all the journalism the school had. And uh, and I know you're not from Iowa, and I don't live there now, but uh, there's a major radio station in uh, Des Moines, WHO Radio, 1040 on your dial, uh, the voice of the Midwest and the blowtorch of America, WHO Des Moines. I had that baby down. And oh, anyway, anyway. Jim Sobel was the sports anchor on WHO. I would say to my buddies, I'm gonna take his place someday. I'll 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 be the, the voice of the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes. <laughs> well that'd be something on the uh, WHO radio. It's not wrong to have a dream like that. It wasn't wrong for me to want to follow my interest in love and sports and journalism. That isn't wrong, except the Lord started whispering to me through His Holy Spirit, I want you to be a preacher. I want you to be a preacher. No, no, Lord. I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to go like a preacher to heaven. I don't even know what that means, but anyway. And I'd shake it off. I'd come back to church next time, and the preacher would be preaching at First Nazarene, Des Moines, Iowa. And I'd be listening. I want you to be a preacher. Lord, (laughs) I thought we had this straightened out. I'll serve you. (laughs) I'll pay my tithe. I'll do whatever you want me to do. But I'm not going to be a preacher. I was a Christian. I had asked God to forgive me of my sins, but I still wanted to do what Jim Deal wanted to do. Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? And uh, we have at camp meeting, camp, big camp meeting in Iowa, those days, out at the campground at big tabernacle. And I got there on Wednesday night late because I had a summer job. And I sat way in the back. And uh, usually I'd be right up in front at meetings like that, but I had a job and couldn't get there on time. And the preacher was having at it up there preaching, and the voice came again, but at the whisper. Now, I'm not making this up just today, just to tell you this. This is what I heard. Make up your mind. Your way or my way. And I, sitting way back on a steel chair, in the middle aisle way back, I said, Lord, I'm ready to give up the fight. If you want me to be a preacher, I'll be a preacher. I know you're going to put me in the last church on the edge of the state before you fall off. I'll die like a dog under the front porch where'd you get all that? Well, it's too much to tell you, but anyway, I really had a great admiration for being a preacher, didn't I? Finally, that long-winded preacher (laughs) said, let's stand anybody, come, come, come and pray. I headed down that long aisle and came and knelt at an altar about right over here. I was crying like a baby because I was dying out to my dream. Does that make sense to you? I was dying out to Jim Deal. I didn't know enough about the Bible to know that Paul basically said the same thing. That I am crucified with Christ. But I'm still alive. But it's not the old Paul. It's not the old Saul. It's not the old Jim Deal. But Christ now lives in me. Thanks be unto God. And at an altar on a Wednesday night. At an Iowa camp meeting, I died out to what I wanted to do and said, Lord, if you want me to be a preacher, let's go. Little did I know that God's plan was better than my plan. (laughs) Little did I know that in my third pastorate, which happened to be Oskaloosa, Iowa, we were on the radio Every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, KBOE, the, the station there in Oskaloosa, 9.30 was news, 9.35, Church of the Nazarene for 15 minutes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I was live for 15 minutes, and I was out somewhere having breakfast with somebody, and I uh, said, oh man, it's time to get on the air, I, I got to get get there, I mean, when they flip the switch, I, you've got to be live, You're, it was live, it wasn't taped. And and I was running across the parking lot and I actually said, Lord, I wish the radio station would blow up. Uh, don't even uh, this is worse than milking cows. You just And the Lord shot the thought through my mind. I thought this is what you always wanted to do as a boy. And I said, Well, thank God I got that out of my mind. Uh, I had radio for seven years, every day, Monday through Friday. 15 minutes, and then God opened the door. I don't even believe this to this day, but God opened the door to go on television. And Oskaloosa doesn't have a TV station, but Ottumwa, Iowa does, the NBC affiliate. And it opened up, and we would go down on Tuesdays and tape the program Tuesday evening. It would come on Sunday morning to everybody uh, that would see that uh, Channel 4. And on the way home, one time after doing the taping, I was driving back to Oskaloosa 30, 35 minutes away, I guess. And the Lord said, you always wanted to do a little radio and do a little TV, and you're doing it. And I said, Lord, why wouldn't you tell me that before? (laughs) I wouldn't have had to cry so much. (laughs) God's plan is better than our plan. Do you believe that? But God doesn't tell us what's ahead. He just says, trust me. Amen. Come on. Give me your life. Trust me. And I will give you peace. And I will give you more fulfillment in your life than you can provide for yourself. Well... thank God for His peace. Not only when we're forgiven and when we're filled with His Holy Spirit, which was what I was trying to describe there. But when the hurts of life come and somebody says what they shouldn't say to you and they leave you weeping or wounded or bleeding and you finally get to the place where you you can't change it, but you give it to God... What happens? He gives you peace. Amen. He will give you peace when uh, you suffer loss in life and your son dies as ours did at age 46 with melanoma cancer. And there's grieving. But, when we finally give it all to God, He will give you peace, and then, just five months ago my my wife died, and we had to say goodbye for the last time to Dorothy. I'm not saying that at that moment you're just jumping up and down and saying, "Thank you, Jesus, praise God, hallelujah." My wife just died. Hey, we are human. We do cry. <laughs> there is grieving. But I want to tell you today, from the deep of my soul, there also is peace. It is real. It's not just a sermon. It's, it's, it's the real thing. Well, I better... Well, this has come to me. When we come to the point of dying... And our little earthly run is over. What, what is the normal emotion that we talk about? Peace. He, she died in peace. They didn't die with great joy. They didn't dry, dry, die with great compassion. They, they died with peace. Amen? I'm, I'm saying it again. I believe God's greatest gift... To his children is his peace. What do you think the devil wants to steal from us? That is peace. And cause us to be so conflicted. Well, okay. Let me jump back to Antalya now. And you know it's a Muslim country. And you know that... um, Six or seven or eight of us had been invited from the U.S. to speak at this big Nazarene uh, event, which happened, I think, from, I think it was three days, maybe maybe four. And uh, they said to me, uh, no, we don't have any money to, to uh, give you an honorarium. Truth is, we don't have any money to even pay your way over here. But if you can find some friends to help give, uh, get you uh, with, a, with a plane ticket round trip, and if you don't worry about an honorarium, this is what we'll do for you. If you can stay for three days after, uh, the, each of you of the seven or eight from the, from the states, we will take you on a tour of the seven churches of Revelation. And that will be our gift to you. <laughs> I believe I can stay. I would love to go see uh, Thyatira and Pergamos and, and on and on and on and on. And so now it's Monday, the the conference ended on Sunday, and now it's Monday and seven or eight of us were getting into a van, and uh, there is a guide who speaks English, of course, because he would have to be, and he was quite Muslim, of course, and the driver, the same. To my memory, the driver of our van never one time even looked at us. When we would all come on, he would be looking out the window the other way. He uh, was... He was in another world, but something happened to this guide. He started. He started a liking to these Christians, you know, six or seven or eight of us, and and he was eating meals with us, and we would talk and chat and laugh, and and he would join in. That was Monday, Tuesday. This was. Tuesday morning after breakfast we got into the little van and to head out to whichever uh, site it was to see that day we got there and I got off of the van Uh, I'm not making this up I've said that I think three times already today I think when I die they're going to put that on my tombstone (laughs) I'm not making this up (laughs) dash dash I told you I was sick (laughs) Anyway, don't worry about that. But anyway, you know, that's okay. I'm not making this up. The driver, the, the, not the driver, the guide grabbed me by my shirt sleeve and pulled me to the back of the van. This is the God's truth as to what he did. He pulled me around to the back of the van and looked at me square on and said... I want a face like yours. <laughs> I thought it struck me funny. I said, what about this mug do you like, man? This is what he said. You have peace and joy on your face. I want one like that. I could not believe my ears. And all I could think of to say was... I didn't put it there Jesus did that's all I could think of to say and we went on our way and, and went to the events of the day and that was Tuesday Tuesday evening we we were there for uh, the meal and and uh, well I'll skip through and let's get to Wednesday morning because <laughs> that was the last day and he uh, was there at our breakfast and said to us, Now this is the last week of Ramadan, and my wife is a school teacher. And she is going to the shoe store today to buy a pair of shoes for the poorest kid in the class because we like to give somebody something during, the, during Ramadan. And he said, Would you pray for my wife today as she does this to try to help somebody? And the others around the little table looked around and said, Brother Jim, you pray for, for his wife. <laughs> so here's this Muslim, and his name is that long, and I've never met the wife, and I I have no earthly idea of what I prayed. Just God help her, bless her, do something, you know, I whatever I prayed. And uh, we got up and did whatever we did on Wednesday. And then we came in for the last time to eat. And he was outside talking on a cell phone and he got into the meal about after the salads and he was grinning from ear to ear. And he stood at the end of the table. I I can see it yet today. He stood there. He didn't didn't, uh, be seated. He wasn't seated for a moment. He said, you've got to believe. You've got to hear this. You can't believe what happened. You can't believe what my wife just told me on the phone. She went in there to buy a pair of shoes. and And the owner knew what she was doing. And he went back to the back room to get a new pair of shoes, whatever size it was. And he came back with 15 pairs of shoes and dumped them on my wife and said, here, give all of these away. And I looked at him and I said to myself, he thinks Jesus did that. (laughs) So do I. (laughs) Amen. And the next morning he took us to the airport at 4 a.m. Hugged on me and said, will you please come back? I want to talk to you more. I knew I would never be back to Turkey. But I said, if if there's any way God will ever get us together. And he handed me his card. And I looked it up and made sure I had it today. And here is his business card, which would be wrong if I would mention his name. But but here's, here's the man. About six or eight months later, uh, the regional director of Eurasia called or texted or however it was. And he said, we're not going to be able to go to Pakistan uh, when we're scheduled to go because it's too hot. He was talking about the war and the situation. He said, we're going to go back to Turkey. I said, why? There isn't any conference. He said, we're going to do a Paul and Silas thing or a Paul and Timothy thing. We're going to go meet our Christians in Turkey from house to house. I said, are you kidding me? Is there any way to get a hold of this fellow? They found him. This man came and met us. Only God can put all this together. And the last I have heard from this man is, he does not work for this agency anymore as a tour guide. He works for the only Christian agency in Turkey. Amen. Well, I think that's a miracle of God. <laughs> That tells me the man's a believer. He's born again, working for the Christians now. Because God doesn't do all of that and get us together and make him want my face. (laughs) Unless the Lord's trying to bring him into the kingdom. Amen? What's my point? God give us peace. Even enough that somebody might see it on your countenance. God give us your peace today I I really believe I'll meet this man in heaven and I'll hear the rest of the story isn't it something what God can do for us well as I close today has the devil been beaten on you or is that just in Colorado where that goes on has he been trying to steal your peace or is that just some of the stuff I've been going through? I have an idea that we're all on the same boat. Jesus is here. He is greater than the enemy. But we might have to give something to God. Give it to God. Let's just bow our heads and and would the singers or, or singer come, you're here, you're here, okay. Lord, as we close today, we don't want to just say, good to see you and keep on keeping on. Lord, somebody needs to be set free from, from that hurt, from that fear, from that, from that disappointment, from that heartache. Lord, you have peace. You have peace for us, and with our heads bowed, just, just asking God to help you and me right now. Would there be any? Would there be many that would just slip your hand up and say, "Hey, pray for me before you finish there, brother. I, I, I need God to help me with. Yes, yes, yes. yes oh, oh, yes, yes. I see. Uh, Yet, God bless you all the way back. I see you there, brother. Let's just stand. Let's just all stand, will you? God bless you, dear ones. Oh, Lord. Right now, Lord Jesus. Lord, we surrender. We give. We relinquish what's been eating away at our hearts or our mind we give it to you jesus and may we walk out of here in peace Mm. do it lord do it lord and lead us in what you have uh, that you have i'm gonna come around and come down front and if any of you want to just come by and say you pray for me, brother, as you go, because I'm believing God for peace. I'll, I'll I'll meet you down here. Hey, lead us, lead us. God bless you. Praise God. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at BethanyNaz.org.